Wherever cancer is, Hancock Health will fight. In any part of you and in all corners of East Central Indiana. From Indianapolis to Greenfield to Knightstown to Rushville. From hospital rooms to family rooms, we fight. With technology and medicine. With care backed by the wisdom of Mayo Clinic. For you, for your family, and for your future in Rush County. We fight cancer here. HancockHealth.org slash cancer. Good morning. It is Thursday, May 25th. It is six minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday, Ron DeSantis launched his campaign for president. And it was about a month ago that President Biden launched his reelection campaign. Donald Trump had something to say about both of them. He said DeSantis was just an imitation. And of Biden, Donald Trump said that he is the single worst president in American history. So this uh, this when he said this at the time and he said this for quite a while now that that Biden was let me read you the direct quote. okay? so this is from November of 2022. Quote, you could take the five worst presidents in American history, put them together and they would not have done the damage to our nation that Joe Biden has done in two short years. And this started at the time a little challenge that I gave to one of our beloved members of the air staff here, a great historian and and master of history, Ethan, mm-hmm. on if indeed Joe Biden was as bad or worse than the five worst presidents in American history combined. And Ethan at the time came up with a list of the five worst American presidents and gave great detail on why mm-hmm. they were worse than Joe Biden. Joe Biden was not in that original list. However, uh, later we had Ethan come back for version 2.0. At that time, Biden had graduated into the list of the top five <laughs> worst presidents of all time. And I thought with DeSantis announcing, we've got all three major players in the game now. You've got Biden, you've got Trump, you got DeSantis. Now would be a good time to bring Ethan back yeah. for an updated version of the list. And of course, Ethan gives great detail on the what he believes are the five worst presidents in American is history. Ethan, hello. Hello, Rob. Uh, you're going to be really disappointed with me oh. because I don't think Biden has moved since the last time we checked in. Biden clocked in at number four. He bumped out Jimmy Carter. He's in the top five, but I still think he's not worse than the worst three. Scoot up to that microphone a little bit. There you go. There we you go. You work here. I should not have to tell you that. Well, turn up the volume, Kevin. You work here. Compensate. Okay, so let's go with our top. Let's, you have prepared the list for us, the top five worst presidents in American history with great detail. Five worst are Andrew Johnson. Well, let's just, let's do one at a time. So number five is Andrew Johnson. Andrew Johnson coming in after Lincoln, obviously his vice president, because of his lax enforcement of reconstruction policy, he laid the groundwork for Jim Crow that obviously plagued the South for decades. Okay, did he deserve to be impeached? No, for the reasons why he was impeached are actually somewhat illegitimate. It's because he bickered with his cabinet and with Congress, which is not... 
the branches are co-separate and co-equal. You to- the president totally can bicker with Congress. That's part of the job. What should he have done? Because people make the case while well, he was trying to reunify the nation. Lincoln had openly said that if slavery had to exist to avoid the Civil War, he would have probably allowed that to happen. What, sh- what should Johnson have done that would have made him a much better president? He should have more strictly enforced um, the, the reconstruction policy in the South had a little bit of a stronger hand and made sure that everybody behaved and made sure that the rights hundreds of thousands of Americans had just died to secure were in fact secured. Because that's basically the the thing, right? Is he kind of you almost went back to a quasi pre-Civil War environment and we just acted like We immediately fought for it and then immediately regressed. Okay. And a lot of that can be pinned to Johnson. All right, yeah, that's probably worthy. I think, Casey, can we agree that's worthy of putting you in the top five? Well, I think one of the interesting things about Johnson is that he opposed using the 14th Amendment, and we're hearing a lot about the 14th Amendment Mm -hmm. today. All right. So, Andrew Johnson, number five. Number four. Number four is our own Joe Biden. Okay. All right. That's pretty high up on the list, especially only having two years. Why is Joe Biden, in your opinion, (laughs) the fourth worst president in American history? I think the inflation crisis eclipses uh, the economic collapse of the 1970s. I think the damage done to American foreign policy by the Afghanistan withdrawal uh, was more significant than the Iranian hostage crisis. Um, I think that the conflict that was sparked in Ukraine can largely be traced back to Joe Biden, which very few people remember the sparking point when he said, oh, we will not interfere if a minor incursion were to occur. Oops. And even the reporter at the time said, didn't you just give Russia permission to invade? And lo, behold, we've now, you know, are experiencing that. Just a litany of reasons that, I mean, plus the incompetence. Do you think the Democrats actually recognize how much Joe Biden sucks? Uh, well, they're wed to the candidate. So that was going to be my follow-up question to you, is they just say we cannot run against, because there is a track record of Democrats running against sitting presidents. Obviously, Johnson would have been defeated in 68. Carter was almost defeated in 1980. So there is a track record of the Democrats in modern American history challenging their their incumbent president. They're I'm shocked in denial. The administration officials especially are running interference. You heard Andrew Mayorkas saying that he's sharp, inquisitive. He has a probative mind. Mm-hmm. He is is 100% confident, nay, 110% confident in uh, the integrity of the executive. So, I mean, they are sticking with the candidate. Who else are they going to pick? They're not going to run with Kamala. Now, when you put the Biden on the list, do you put a little asterisk there? Because a lot of people are saying that it's the millions of dollars of donor money that is actually keeping him in the White House, and he is just a puppet, and he's not actually running the country. It's other people. Well, his name is uh, uh, at the... He's got top billing, so okay. we're, we're going to lay it at his feet. Okay, so we got J- Andrew Johnson at five, Biden at four. Who comes in at number three? Warren Harding. Oh, boy. And my, you hate Warren Harding. My best compare. Well, here, <laughs> I've got a comparison that'll let you know how bad Warren Harding actually was. It would be as if Hunter Biden were currently <laughs> the executive is what a, a Warren Harding administration wow. looked like. It would be as if Hunter Biden, President Hunter mm-hmm. Biden, confiscated co 
cocaine from the DEA and shared it with like Mitch Daniels from the Senate or the British Prime Minister. Lots of corruption and scandals. Did that really happen? Warren yes. Harding was doing drugs in the White House? Yes. During the Prohibition, they took whiskey, which was confiscated from the Prohe officers and served it at White House parties. Oh, that to is, is that true? That is true. That is historically documented, unquestionable. The, the graft and corruption that was going on in the Warren Harding administration, the Teapot Dome scandal where they mm-hmm. were handing out leases like, you know, they were hotcakes to their buddies uh, to get kickbacks in the federal government like Hunter Biden selling his paintings for hundreds of thousands of dollars to anonymous buddies uh, of the administration. Well, you know what the G stands for and Warren G. Harding. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's the question. Casey had asked that question to you off air was, you know, how do you go by the standard? Because in terms of the condition of the country, Warren G. Harding, the 20s were really good times. So yeah, the dude was totally corrupt and as Ethan said, doing basically illegal drugs in the White House, <laughs> but the country was in a pretty good condition. It's almost very Bill Clinton-esque, isn't it? Yeah. Right. Well, there was lots of money to come uh, uh, spread around. Uh, uh, okay, so you've got Johnson. If you're just tuning in, Ethan is with us. For Ethan Hatcher from Saturday Night on the Circle. You can hear that 7 to 9 Saturdays here on WIBC. Uh, he's going through his list of five worst American presidents. We've got Andrew Johnson at five, Biden at four, Warren G. Harding at three. Who is number two? Wilson. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Woodrow Wilson. Wasn't Never, his wife actually the president? For a brief period. He had a stroke, and then she was the communique yeah. uh, between him and Congress and the, yeah, the other. Okay, so what about yeah. what about Wilson? Okay, um, he did a lot of damage, not only as president of the United States, but also the president of uh, Princeton University, where he helped to institute the lost cause mythology into American history, something that continues to be very uh, uh, very damaging today. What is that? the lost cause mythology. What is that? I, I can't. I, I can't sum it up um, neatly in the time that we have. Okay, perfect. But it was that bad, huh? <laughs> the, it, it, <laughs> the, anyway, uh, he also helped uh, inspire one of the most pernicious uh, taxes in American history: uh, the uh, income tax. Wasn't he also the guy who showed the film Birth of a yes, Nation? Yes, he screened Birth of a Nation. Um, he helped repopularize the Klan after um, Ulysses well, okay, Grant had bad. them declared as a uh, terrorist organization. He helped uh, spread them back oh, in America. Yeah, he resegregated bad. the federal government. Um, there was lots of bad things that Wilson did. Wow. So that yeah, that's pretty high. Okay, so we've got Johnson at five, mm-hmm. Biden at four, yep. Harding at three, Wilson at two. Number one's got to be Van Buren, right? No. What? (laughs) James Buchanan. Oh, yes. James Buchanan. Um, Without James Buchanan, the United States may not have descended into civil war. He directly interfered in one of the worst decisions uh, in the Supreme Court history, the Dred Scott decision. He communicated with the head justice at the time um, and and basically strong-armed him into uh, 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 the ruling that... uh, American or African Americans were not considered citizens under the Constitution. Yeah, it's pretty hard to argue with that one. And number one, I gotta say, I think your list is pretty good. Now, I mean, he's not through. he's not worse than the worst three, right? Yeah. Because we can agree that Hunter Biden, as bad as Joe Biden is, would be a far worse president. And True. that's like Warren Harding. Here's the, the only thing I would look. The, the first two are pretty bad. Joe Biden, as far as I'm aware, hasn't done damage to yeah. historical scholarship. Here's the only <laughs> thing I will push back on with the Warren G. Harding and Biden. 
Warren G. Harding's time as president, the country was in a pretty good position. We are not in a good position right now. You think they could flip? So while, yeah, I mean, I, I think you would have to do so. Okay, so this was the final thing I want you to, to touch on. Is there anything Joe Biden could do to elevate himself into your top three or certainly into your top two? If, if he creates a new classification of tax that becomes a political football for uh, politicians to bandy about for generations, then yeah, he'd probably break, break into the top three. But there's no way to get in the top two. You you are you seem pretty ironclad. Oh, well, I, come on, he's not. You can unless, unless he inspires a civil war. He's yeah. definitely not going to be number one. Okay, he's not going to be a James Buchanan. All right, I think he did pretty good with this list. Yeah, I think he's pretty spot on. Good job, Ethan. Saturday down on the circle. Saturday seven to nine p.m. You're the best, Ethan. Thank you. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety three WIBC. Good morning, it is 20 minutes after 11. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So debt ceiling negotiations are continuing. The default deadline looms. Janet Yellen says that uh, the deadline is June 1st. Of course, could we have an extension? No, we're not going to have an extension. They're going to get in there and get it done. You think? Is that what's going to happen? They're going to make an agreement, finally. Well, I think that's what we've said, that this is all dinner theater. The Republicans don't care about the spending at all. They just have to be able to, in their minds, effectively lie to you that they did something to curb spending in this country. We all know their plan adds, still creates a national debt of $47 trillion. By the way, Jim Banks is still on is he this tweeting out something pathological new? lying about the 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 spending cuts and the debt ceiling and he's i think the thing that gets me is he's lecturing the uh the democrats on spending so here's the thing he put out yesterday are you ready mm-hmm. every single democrat in the house has now signed on to discharge petition for a quote clean debt limit increase no spending cuts just a blank check to spend more pure insanity and dangerous for our kids futures republicans must continue to stop the madness and fix the debt mm-hmm. this is so insulting and jim banks is willfully lying to the people of this state and the people of this country the republican plan adds trillion over the next 10 years. You're not fixing anything. At least have the cojones to come out and say, well, at least our plan isn't as bad as theirs. Right, we're spending less. That's pretty much what they're saying. You know, and this tells me what sort of person Jim Banks is. Look, I used to, I admit, I was totally fooled. We used to have Jim Banks on the show. He's talked to him quite a bit. He's talked to him personally a couple times. Always seemed like a pretty decent, upstanding guy. But if he is willfully lying, which he's doing at this point, there's no way he doesn't know that the plan that he supports, what it actually does. It's one thing to say the Democrats, of course, the Democrats' plan is insane, but so is yours. (laughs) $47 trillion of national debt is just as insane as the Democrats. Is it as bad? No. Is it as insane? Yes. And Jim Banks, Mr. Tough Guy, Mr. Member of the U.S. Military, Mr. Above Reproach, has reduced himself to being such a McCarthy butt kisser (laughs) that he's lying to the people of this state. One thing that Jim Banks has done, which I can appreciate, is he was 
welcomed a bunch of people from Northeast Indiana for an honor flight. And that is where veterans get flown in and they're given the grand tour of D.C. and they're treated with respect like they should be. So good on that, Jim Banks. The rest, okay. Uh, So let's play this audio of Jayapal. She's blasting the media for not reporting on the debt ceiling the way she wants them to. So I'm going to guess... Does she say that the Republicans are holding it hostage again? Well, yeah. So we're talking about uh, Pramilia Jayapal. Let's mm-hmm. try to say that one 30 right. times fast. Yeah. She is a U.S. representative. She is a lunatic. I mean, she is the far left. And, he, you know, it's interesting. When you see something happen once that seems a little weird, you go, okay, maybe somebody just went rogue or whatever. But when you start seeing it happen repeatedly, you realize it's an organized effort. And so I think one of the things that's frustrating the Democrats is that the media has not turned on McCarthy yet. And just like with Biden in Afghanistan, I think one of the reasons that um, the Democrats are struggling on this is the media has not come full bore at the Republicans. Mm -hmm. And the Democrats now, we saw this with Ted Lieu yesterday, who is also another maniac leftist representative, lecturing the media on how they should report something. And here, Jayapal says basically the same thing, that the media is the problem because they're not reporting properly on what's going on with the debt ceiling. They are willing to tank it. They, no, 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 sorry. That is exactly the problem, is when the media reports this as not their fault. And I'm just going to say, I know so many of you, I have so much respect for what you do, but let's tell the truth here. We are not tanking anything. (laughs) It's the media now. Wait a minute. They're besties. And doesn't it, because we saw with Afghanistan, which Afghanistan was the beginning of Biden coming undone. They, They lied and covered for him for six or seven months. And then when you got service members coming home in caskets, you can't hide that. I mean, there's parades in the street for these people. The media didn't cover for Biden on Afghanistan. And that was the that was the beginning of the tumble for him that he's never recovered from. It does show you that when the media approaches something with an ounce of fairness, how poorly the Democrats do and are perceived. The Democrats are the bad guys in this debt ceiling equation, which is amazing. The Republicans are just as bad, but of course the media doesn't actually care about spending money or national debt or inflation. So they're looking at this saying, eh, you know, the Republicans just want to keep it at 2022 spending Mm -hmm. levels. That really doesn't seem that egregious. And the Democrats have no answer for it without the media being totally in the tank for them. Well, they keep the new talking point is that the Republicans are holding it hostage. Of course, Corinne Jean-Pierre, she had a press conference yesterday and she keeps saying the same thing that Biden is bragging about cutting the deficit. Remember, he did that by one point seven trillion dollars. During President Biden's first two years in office, he cut the deficit by $1.7 trillion. Mm -hmm. But he's going to keep spending more. Well, and so this is the little word salad they do. So Trump and the Republicans printed more money than any year in human history. And because 
you didn't print as much. You're still adding to the national debt. You're still adding trillions of dollars to the national debt. But because you didn't print as much money your first year in office as the guy who printed more money than at any time in our nation's history, it's like what the little ward salad hog set does with the murders. Remember last year, they didn't have as many murders as the year before. And he comes out and goes, crime is going down in Indianapolis. Right. It's still excessively high. Be- just because you didn't hit the record number, right. it's nothing to brag about or be excited about. And yet Biden go, I cut the de- the deficit by 1.7 trillion. Oh, so we went from 5 trillion in a year to 3.3 trillion. Right. Yeah, congratulations. Okay, well, we've got this default hanging in the balance, right? And guess where Joe Biden is going? He's going to go out of town. Corinne oh, Jean-Pierre sure. was asked about that. So on the debt ceiling, uh, you know, used words like catastrophic and, and devastating today. But the president, again, is going to Camp David this weekend and then going to Delaware. Um, if the situation is so dire, then why, why is the president? Well, I already answered that question. So you have another one? I literally just answered that question. He came I'm back from Japan. I, okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. No. Any other questions? No, that's it. Okay, uh, great. Yeah. Good. He's going to go sit on the beach. That's what he's going to go do. It's 11:28. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Casey. Yeah. Question. What? This is such an important question. Okay, I'm ready. I'm listening. Don't answer right away. Think okay. it through. All right. Ready, ready, yeah. ready, set, yeah. go. Would you be upset if you lost $111,000? I don't have to think long about that. Yes. Okay, then get this. 96% of Americans lose out on an average of $111,000 in Social Security income. And do you know why? Why? It's because they claim their benefits at the wrong time. Hey, good morning. It's Kendall and Casey, and you can learn how you could avoid this catastrophe with a free Social Security analysis from Bill Demery, your retirement guy right here in Indy. If you've saved at least $200,000 and have not filed for Social Security, schedule your free analysis now by calling 317-932-9912. This analysis pinpoints exactly how you could get the most out of your benefits while considering the impact on your taxes, Medicare premiums, and other benefits. And the best part, what? it's free. Yes, free. Call today, 317-932-9912. It is 11.33. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're joining us today. We've been talking a lot about Ron DeSantis today, mainly because it was yesterday that he announced that he is seeking the presidential nomination. And uh, he's pretty much, it's it's like the, the prize fight, right? We got one and two, the heavyweights. And now they're both officially in. So now we can really dissect what's going on. He, uh, he said that he, he is officially running and he's running for leading us to our great American comeback. Look, we know our country's going in the wrong direction. We see it with our eyes and we feel it in our bones. Our southern borders collapse. Drugs are pouring into the country. Our cities are being hollowed out by spiking crime. The federal government's making it harder for the average family to make ends meet and to attain and maintain a middle class lifestyle. And our president, Well, he lacks vigor, flounders in the face of our nation's challenges, and he takes his cues from the woke mob. I don't think it has to be this way. American decline is not inevitable. It is a choice, and we should choose a new direction, a path that will lead to American revitalization. We must restore sanity to our nation. 
This means embracing fiscal and economic sanity. Stop pricing hardworking Americans out of a good standard of living through inflationary borrow print and spending policies. And please embrace American energy independence. This also means replacing the woke mind virus with reality, facts, and enduring principles. Merit must trump identity politics. So that was about the only time he said the word Trump. The whole time he talked on Twitter spaces, and it was a couple weeks ago that, or last week, Elon Musk did that interview with CNBC, and he said, we just want someone normal in the White House. Do you think that Ron DeSantis fits that bill with normal? Oh, absolutely. I mean, again, if you were to create a guy out of central casting, it would be Ron DeSantis. And look... the behavior of the Trump people is what amazes me. I mean, the, the unhinged nature that this guy, look, he's running in a Republican primary. This guy shares the view of probably 90% of what you do. And you're, you feel so entitled to this nomination that you people have just come unglued over the fact that he's even running. It's pathetic. I mean, it's really pathetic. From what the Trump movement was when it started, to what it is as it's ending it's it's pathetic i mean you have become the thing that you claimed to hate ron DeSantis was has been a phenomenal governor in the state of florida you lived there yep you can vouch for what i'm about to say that there is no state in the union and it's not just today it's when times were at their toughest and it was very hard to do what was right that is more free more liberating and more welcoming to people living the life that they see fit than the state of Florida. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the schools were open, restaurants were open, churches were open, everything was open. And they are treating him, they being the Trump people, are treating him even worse than they treated Jeb Bush. That's how pathetic these people have become. Ron DeSantis is a hero for what he did during COVID. We had to live here. For those of us who had to go through the lockdowns, the mandates, the VIP meet and greets with domestic terrorists, trying to put you in jail for not wearing a mask, COVID sucked here and it sucked needlessly and it sucked because of Eric Holcomb. Man, life would have been so much better if Ron DeSantis had been the governor of Indiana instead of the governor of Florida. He should be, even if you think your guy's better, and that's great, everybody's entitled to have their favorite. This guy should be treated with reverence and respect and dignity for the leadership he has shown when other governors, other Republican governors all across this nation wilted and failed uh, just incredibly like our governor did here. And instead, these people behave like a bunch of lunatics. They're an embarrassment. Ron DeSantis said it was a very lonely place to be during COVID because he was one of the few that was going against what everybody else was saying. He said he put it down to facts and at the end of the day, he had to make decisions. And he doesn't mention, he well, he didn't mention Trump. I'm sure he will start to, other than saying he's not trying to build a brand and he's not trying to be entertaining. He just wants to govern and lead. He did, however, go after Biden quite a few times during the Twitter Spaces event and he vowed to end Biden's border crisis if he were elected president. They know that they will get a sheet of paper saying, "Okay, 
come back for a court date in three years and they get released to the interior of our country. It's an absolutely insane system. So we'll stop that. Uh, we will move on day one by declaring a national emergency. We will construct uh, a border wall. We will make sure we have remain in Mexico and that we're not entertaining those claims in that way. And we really need to hold the Mexican drug cartels accountable because they're facilitating uh, a lot of this migration. They obviously make money off of it. They treat a lot of these people very horribly uh, as they're trafficking them through Mexico and into the United States. And of course, the cartels have been responsible for moving massive amounts of fentanyl into this country. And that's killing tens of thousands of Americans every year now. So this is a guy who's been dealing with the immigration coming into his state. Donald Trump is going to have to like I think there's a he's walking a, a fine line because I think the more people are exposed to DeSantis, I think the more they're going to hear about the story of Florida, I think the more they see him, the more they're going to like him. And Donald Trump is not acting like a person who's in first place right now. I understand that the polls, every poll shows he has a sizable lead over Ron DeSantis. Now, what did I tell you, Casey? Father's Day. Mm -hmm. Whatever the polls are that come out on Father's Day, and, you know, make a day or two for the, after Father's Day for those to come in, we'll get an idea of where the race is at. If DeSantis is still down 20 points to Trump, then it's totally his, and he's going to be the nominee, and I guess we just hope and pray for the best and that Trump can somehow hold it together for a year and a half. But if DeSantis is within 10, 12 points by Father's Day consistently in polls, then it's game on mm -hmm. because the numbers will be moving in his favor. And the more people are exposed to him, the more they're going to like him. And the more that people like him, the more they're going to tell other people about him. And once Iowa comes, structure of your campaign is so important in Iowa because of the caucus apparatus and your ability to be number two is often as important as your ability to be number one. And Ron DeSantis is going to run circles in terms of actual campaign infrastructure around Donald Trump. I promise you 100% the ground game of Ron DeSantis is going to be markedly better than what Trump puts out there. The question will be, can DeSantis make it close enough to where a ground game, that ability to get people to the polls, that that stuff is actually going to matter? You keep saying, uh, or you've said, by Father's Day, we'll know what's really going on. And I have said repeatedly, it's the independent voters that is going to do it. It doesn't matter it, whether it's Trump or DeSantis to beat the Democrat machine it's going to have to come down to the independent voters. And Quinnipiac just came out with this recent poll, and it says Trump is performing eight points worse than DeSantis among the independent voters. It's because Trump's a highly offensive person, and he goes out of his way to be offensive. Trump behaves like a television person running for president. <laughs> Trump behaved like a television person when he was president. The reason Trump is not president is because of the way he behaved while he was president. And he's shown zero, zero, zero ability or willingness to change the way he attacks people and the issues. And that is not endearing himself to anyone. And I, I want to go back to what DeSantis talked about, about if you pick him, Mm -hmm. Mark your watches, mark your calendars yeah. for January 2025, and I'll be sworn in. And he said it very clearly, no excuses. Donald Trump has become a sad excuse because that's all he is now, 
is excuses for his losing and versus candidates losing. I'm sick of losing. I want somebody who can get us across the finish line. And I want someone who I believe in will not only win, but will govern the way Florida was governed. And that person is Ron DeSantis. He's the only person out there that you can trust to do the job because he's the only person who actually did the job. It is 1143. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. You did something that is very exciting. Uh, This is like, I don't know, spoiler alert or like, you know, the sirens going off. Rob Kendall has something good to say about the government. It was a great day for me yesterday, and I can't wait to tell you all about it. And if you're concerned about your property taxes, he's got some information information and some insight on how possibly you can get yours lowered that's coming up from 93 wibc and i think to myself what a wonderful world 93 wibc it is the kendall and casey show i'm rob casey's here and casey what yesterday was a big day what happened what did you do i feel like it was a giant victory for the little guy yeah and well since i'm about five eight are you the little guy i am the little guy in this case <laughs> what what happened i was successful in my property tax appeal. Nice. All right. Take us through the process. What'd you do? So, uh, you know, we've had a lot of people calling about this. Mm -hmm. We've had people saying, look, yes, the property assessment process stinks and your taxes are going up because assessments are rising, but you do have the opportunity to appeal your assessment. Okay. And I said, well, I should lead by example. I should totally do that. And gosh darn it, Casey. Yeah. They ruled in my favor. Okay, so who did you call? So like, what, what did you do? So, I you on your assessment when they send you your assessment, which should have arrived in the mail recently for you. By the way, I think you have until June fifteenth okay. to do this to be in under the deadline. They give you a form, a link to a form on that assessment and and you can just simply put it in your Google browser Indiana property tax assessment appeal form and it'll pop up. And uh in Hendricks County they have the option you can email it over if you want or you can submit it in person and so I'd called over there got the email address and it's it is a form with your information all the parcel number all mm-hmm. the things that are on your assessment form mm-hmm. and then there is a place based on why you feel your taxes <laughs> assessment <laughs> was not done correct incorrectly now yeah. look you got to put some work into this and this is what stinks about this whole thing is the onus is on you to yeah. prove that the government might have made a uh, a mistake okay Okay, so how long did it take until they reached back out to you? So this was really great. I emailed this over on a Monday. Mm -hmm. No, I emailed it over on Tuesday. I'm sorry. It was even better. I emailed it on a Tuesday, and I called yesterday. Mm -hmm. Lady uh, answered the phone right away, was very prompt. And by the way, please take note, I'm about to say something very nice about the government. When government (laughs) does the job well, so the Hendricks County Assessor's Office, uh, good job on them. We're about to say nice things about them. So lady answers the phone. I said, hey, I'd emailed over this assessment uh, appeal. I wanted to make sure it was received. Lady was very nice. She said, I will uh, confirm this. The lady who handles those is out. I will make sure someone gets back to you. Give me a few minutes. Great. Thanks. Within 10 minutes, really? a different lady calls, who is the lady who handles the- Who is uh, out. Yeah who, yeah, who is out. And she said, do you have a few moments to go over your assessment? And I said, 
Uh, yes, I absolutely do. She said, we have looked over your appeal. And while I don't, and again, I'm paraphrasing here, this sure. is not verbatim, but she said, while I don't necessarily agree with your appeal in looking over your appeal, I did find a mistake that we made. Oh. And so we uh, believe your assessment should be adjusted down a fairly sizable amount mm-hmm. to X amount. Mm-hmm. Are you willing to agree with this? I said, lady. I don't care why you lowered the assessment. <laughs> I don't care if I was right, I was wrong. The fact the assessment's going down, that's what I care about. You have a nice day. Wow. Well, congratulations. That's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. So nobody had to come back out to the house and take measurements or look around or anything? No, no. They acknowledged their error, mm-hmm. and uh, it was promptly adjusted, and the ladies very quickly sent me over uh, a proof that will be entered into the system as such, so you have evidence in case that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. It was everything government should be. You have a disagreement with the government. The government promptly responds. The government looks it over. The government acknowledges their mistake. Mm-hmm. And the mistake takes corrective, takes corrective yes. action. That's amazing. Okay, do you want to tell anybody what your appeal argument was? Well, I had a, a I threw the kitchen sink out there, Casey, <laughs> in hopes that one of them might stick. Right. And so, look, it is a very... Here's what I would say to people, is there's a good chance... Well, I would say good chance. There is a chance. There's a chance. That the government has actually made a mistake on their end. And the appeal process allows you to have them look over the entire process. So even if they don't agree with your appeal, what you're stating your case on. Now, I could have furthered my appeal and maybe gotten lower, but I said... I'm willing to walk away from the table. Call it a win. Because ultimately, they ended up coming up basically with the number I did for a different reason. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't going to press my luck any any further. Yeah. And so what this does when you appeal is it it allows them, the government, the assessor, the people working the assessor's office, to work through the whole process. And whether they find the thing that you said or mm-hmm. they find something they did mm-hmm. just having somebody go over it with a fine tooth comb that made you feel better well that's what yeah that's the way it should be and then if you still disagree then you can go through the entire appeals process there's an appeals board if you want to go through that i was satisfied though based on the argument that i had made that the number i had come up with had been met so i said hey it's fine we're all going to part friends here and uh, great work on your end and i appreciate the very swift response so the hendricks county assessor's office Mm-hmm. Let's mark it down, Casey. Here it's uh, almost uh, almost noon on May the twenty fifth. Uh, <laughs> I am going to give kudos to them. They did an outstanding job. Kathy, I believe, was her name over there. Nice A plus customer service. Uh-huh. You guys are great. Good job. Okay, so if you want to try and appeal your property tax assessment, just do what he said and follow the email that came with the assessment. Fill out the form and see where it goes. It's so simple. And again, uh, you do have to, you know, if you email it over, you need to get confirmation they received it. That way you're, you know, because June 15th is the deadline for most people, I believe, to appeal their property taxes. Mm-hmm. And look, I'm not, wasn't trying to get anything over on anybody. I wasn't trying to get anything over on the government. I just said, here's what I believe the number should be. And that's what the number came back in at. And I said, I will drop my appeal. And henceforth, we all uh, consider everybody fair and square. So does this mean that your property taxes are going to be lowered? Oh, yes, they're going to be lowered. Really? Well, I mean, you think about if they had a tax based on assessed value Uh and they lowered the assessed value, then naturally uh, they should be lower. Yeah. And I can't tell you, Casey, 
the joy in all this. You know, Casey, sometimes I <laughs> I play for things. Well, you know, sometimes I just play for spite. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you the joy. I did the math on how much money my appeal victory is going to cost the Brownsburg Community School Corporation. Mm-hmm. And I can't tell you because since they get more than 50% of the taxes basically, I can't tell you the joy in knowing the amount of money that they're not getting I'm going to cost them. Yes. Well, congratulations. <laughs> Leading by example. Yes. Fantastic. And it was a great government experience. Everybody get your appeals in. And Casey, I am I am done for today. And yeah, let's go out on a high note. That's great news. Congratulations. Thank you, Rob. Thank you, Jason. And thank you for listening today. We're going to count on you to be back here tomorrow. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC.